It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome to June 4th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Today we'll be in Alton, Iowa. So let's turn our attention to the Alton Democrat on June 4th, 1904. I'm your host, Kristen Noonan. It's a pleasure to be your guide today. Let's roll. For sale, the hotel, bowling alley, and pool hall combined. It is a good business, and I wish to change climate. Address, Math Welter, Box 85, Granville, Iowa. Communicated, Hosper, Iowa, May 31, 1904. Editor, Alton Democrat. Dear Sir, we wish to call the attention of the Board of Supervisors of Sioux County, Iowa, to the fact of the unjust division of our county for a number of years into supervisor districts. Our code says they, the board, may at their regular meeting in June of any even numbered year divide the county into supervisor districts and they shall be as nearly equal in population as possible and so on. We will go back to the semi-official census of 1895 and note how the census of 1900 changes things as to increase in population. Take for instance two contiguous supervisor districts, one composed of Grant, Capel, Lynn, and Sheridan townships with population 2,887, and then the other composed of Floyd, Holland, West Branch and Welcome Townships with population 5,645 or ni nearly double the population. Then for a moment let us consider the late decision of the Supreme Court of Indiana declaring the acts of the legislature of said state in unjustly dividing the state into legislative districts unconstitutional. In our humble opinion, our county fathers should give the matter their attention in their June meeting of 1904. Jacob Coolbeak John Robinette was in town this week from northeast of town and told of the death from lightning of his neighbor John Rosenboom Tuesday night. The details of the tragedy are as follows. James McCarthy, a neighbor, had stopped at the Rosenboom farm for shelter during the storm. Mrs. McCarthy was with him and went into the house. McCarthy and Rosenboom were both in the barn, standing near the door when Rosenboom remarked that they had better run for the house or stand back from the door. He had hardly completed his statement when he was struck by the lightning. McCarthy was knocked down and badly stunned. He did not regain consciousness for some time. Mrs. McCarthy and Mrs. Rosenboom found the men lying in the barn, one dead and the other helpless. They got the men out of the barn, which had taken fire, and Mrs. McCarthy got the horses out of the barn, cutting the halter straps with a butcher knife. One horse and a colt were burned with the barn. A cow standing near the barn was killed by the bolt of lightning. 
McCarty has almost recovered from the shock. Mr. Rosenboom was a young and prosperous farmer, 37 years old, and leaves, besides his wife, four small children. At the inquest, the only mark on his body was a black spot under one pocket in which he had a wrench when struck. Hole. Measles, measles, measles. Every other door has a yellow banner flittering. Mr. and Mrs. James Jensen of Inwood were in Hole Friday to witness the commencement exercises. Some of Hole's young folks went to the Rock River Monday on a picnic, but it is rumored that they caught more suckers than mud turtles. Miss Amy Jensen was driven by Carl Wilson to a neighboring town Tuesday. Oh, that month of June with its enchanting smile is here. The concert of last Thursday was swell, but the hall was not overcrowded. The proceeds of the admission fee went to half meet the expenses of the new organ in the Presbyterian Church. Two of our young businessmen, who have for a long time made mysterious trips to the furniture store, have each rented himself a house. Comrade, to your tin pans, Putty's bought a new pioneer. School is out and the teachers have all left town to their respective homes and sweethearts. Commencement exercises were held in a tent and were well attended. The large crowds went home well satisfied with the orations, music, and so on. Mrs. Wilson's closing speech was well listened to. Everybody that was in whole decoration day says it was a success and the other fellow missed it. Reverend Coster's speech Sunday morning proved himself to be a true and honorable citizen of the United States. All those that passed the Reformed Church Sunday could see old glory fluttering on all sides, but not in it. Small Farm for Sale The old homestead of Jacobus H. Botens, now deceased, will be sold to Jacob Coolbeak, the referee appointed by the court, at the front door of the courthouse at Primgar on July 1st at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The farm comprises 85 acres of the very best of land and is described as the east half of the southeast quarter of section 69542. Farm lies two miles east of Hospers. Address Jacob Coolbeak, Hospers, Iowa, or Van Oosterhout and Hospers, Orange City, Iowa, for further particulars. What candidate... Excosupt Brown, in one of his proverbially inane editorials, questions our statesmanship because we do not tear our shirt for Hearst or Parker. He has no conception of such a thing as a man standing for his convictions of right and justice and the ultimate best interests of his country and his party. We owe no explanation or apology to a sycophant who stands for candidates as so much per. The Alton Democrat is not a mouthpiece for every claptrap politician who has a dollar to spend and an ambition to gratify, and its editor doesn't write letters to candidates with a schedule of prices attached to find out what candidate he shall stand for. Excosupt is the last person on earth 
who should rake up the question of standing for candidate. If there is anyone else who wishes to know why we are not shouting for Hearst or Parker, we will say once for all that we think neither is the man the Democrats should push to the front at this period in the party's history, and when the country is feeling the reaction of several years of Republican debauchery. Each represents a faction, and neither will strengthen or lend luster to the party either in victory or defeat. There are men who would, but they are too broad to be radical factionists, and their names are not heard in the clamor. When the Democratic Party gets back to sanity and puts up a statesman who represents a nation, rather than a faction, the Alton Democrat will give space to his candidacy, and it won't run a ledger account with him either. If a few thousands of truckling Republican editors would take the same stand, the United States would have better government from the one at Washington, clear down to that of Sioux County. Judge Hutchinson closed the spring term of court at Sioux City Tuesday and is home for the summer. He went to Sutherland Thursday to hear the case of Lee Brewer, a 13-year-old incorrigible who has been breaking into stores and committing other deviltry. His father is a retired capitalist and his mother a woman of high standing socially. It looks like they ought to be able to raise him, but apparently they are not. The judge remanded him to the reformatory at Eldora. Monday, the judge will go to Orange City to attend the probating of some wills. Settlement Notice Owing to ill health, I have been compelled to sell my clothing business. To those friends who have been my patrons during the past, I express my sincere thanks. The closing up of my affairs makes it necessary for me to collect all accounts as soon as possible, and I will consider it a great favor if those indebted to me will call and settle at their earliest convenience, thanking one and all for the past favors and in advance for an early settlement. I am very respectfully, A. E. Goble, Alton, Iowa. And that's it for June 4th on Iowa's Newsworthy Past. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. Episodes are released on Wednesdays and Fridays at 8 a.m. So put that on your calendar. Anyway, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Just real easy. Search Iowa's Newsworthy Past and I'll be there.